everyone, and welcome to the 10th episode of Basha's Thoughts. In this episode, I want to talk about what is. I want to talk about ontology because I would like to try to <laughs> bring some clarity to being and existence. You might have heard that the infinite or God or consciousness or the indescribable, whatever it is, that brings existence to the world in the sense that it lends its being to all things. So this is what I want to discuss. What that actually is, what it means, how it works, and how that ties into the uniqueness of the indescribable and how that in turn ties into the dynamics of the world that we see, the representative world where we have perceptions, where things are outside of each other, where we can differentiate things and perceive things, experience things, where it seems like time exists and such. As materialists, we might believe in the existence of a material world of things independent of us or of consciousness. So as a materialist, we might believe that there are things and there is a physical world of things out there independent of me and independent of consciousness or whatever concepts we might have. And if this is one's belief, then when it comes to the ontology, we would ask, well, what is a thing in this world, in this material world? What does it mean for something to exist in the world? Well, when you start looking at it, then you will come to the conclusion that a thing basically is described by its relation to everything else. And that kind of creates a washed-out ontology because there is no thing in itself. There is only how it interacts with other things. So it's almost as if there's only these borders of interaction, but there's no stuff, no thing, no nothing that exists in any way. So then a thing becomes sort of its relation. So you could say, well, we can have a, an ontology based on relations. So we can say, well, a thing is its relations to everything else. So you have these relations and then you say, okay, so what are the relations? Well, then you sort of automatically start moving into a type of process ontology because now you cannot define these relations in terms of the things that are then defined in terms of these relations. So you can only talk about other relations to the relations and so you're kind of talking about processes. So automatically you start moving into an ontology of process. So what actually exists are these processes and then 
when you ask, but what is a process? Well, then again, you will find yourself in a very similar situation, but on a slightly higher level. And you say, well, these processes are defined by other processes. And you can continue this way ad infinitum. There is no end. You just go up a hierarchy where you talk about the relationships of processes that are the relationships that describe things. And then you go another level up. And then you don't even really know anymore what you're actually talking about. But if you think about it, there is no substance in this ontology. This ontology is very washed out. And actually, anything that you could have in this world can sort of morph into anything else. And it can sort of stop existing because it will be morphed into something that has completely different characteristics. If you say, well, this thing has these characteristics, and then it changes completely. If you have a particle, well, you say, well, it has mass, and you can describe this and that, and then it sort of morphs into energy. Well, then no more mass. So what is this fundamental essence of it? It's not mass. How would you describe the thing? There is no real substance. And so you're kind of looking for what is the internal beingness. Because if you think about you, well, you obviously know that you exist. You might think that you are defined by your characteristics as well, because you might identify perhaps at some point as a young boy. And then you might identify as a middle-aged man. But if you think about it, the sense of being a young boy and the sense of being a middle-aged man is exactly the same. You have different thoughts, you have different experiences, you have different memories, but the very sense of existence has not changed. So there seems to be some real existence of some sort, but it's not defined by these definable outer characteristics. In fact, the sense of existence can only come from something that does not have definable characteristics. The source or the primal reality of a thing can only be thingless. So there is no representation. It is not an object. It is a thingless. It is sometimes described as the whole or wholeness or nothingness or God or the infinite or consciousness because it has no limits. There is no 
way of describing it, delimiting it. You cannot say it is that which, which is found within these limits. That's why you cannot limit it in any way. And so it gets a lot of names, but every name is a representation, and so every name is limiting and false. But at the same time, every name can also point in the direction of an opening, and so every name can bring a deeper understanding. Infinity can help, God might help, or limitlessness might help. All of these have a seed of truth, but none of these are correct. This is why also in non-duality you have non-duality. Advaita, it's not two. They don't say that it's one. And why is it not one? Well, this is actually what I want to talk about. So, so far, we see that the only way we can get a real ontology is if we base it in the limitless, the thingless, that which cannot be represented, limited, delimited, described, defined. And so existence comes from that. That is where the real primal existence is. Representation does not have that in its, in its form as representation, but, and here is how it is lent to it. This is how the essence of every part, the essence of everything is the limitless. And the limitless, because it is limitless, because you could say it's one, although it's beyond one. This is why it's not two. It's beyond one because one is too limiting a word. And so its uniqueness means that it's not a lot of different infinites, but one and the same. So it's from the same basis. So the uniqueness of it means that as it lends its existence to every part, every part can exist because of it, because its essence is the limitless, infinite potential. Its essence is that, and so it is not different from, it can never be different from, you cannot be different from the infinite. Because in the infinite, there is no differentiation, right? And it is the infinite that has the only real sense of being. And being as a thing has its reality in the infinite. You can never be different from the infinite. In fact, the infinite is closer to you than anything could ever be, because it is you. 
And this uniqueness of it creates the holographic order. What is it? Well, the holographic order is an order where you say that every part is in wholeness. This is fairly reasonable to say when you have a reductionist view of things. You can say a puzzle is made out of pieces. So every piece is in the whole puzzle, yes. So every piece is in wholeness, you could say yes. But then, at the same time, in the holographic order, what you also say is that wholeness is also in every piece. In fact, it is every piece. Now, this is called holographic because that's a little bit how holography works. And if you have a, we, I think we talked about it at some point. Mm, so let me just very briefly tell you what a hologram is if you don't know. So if you have a picture of something and it's on a piece of paper and you cut away one part of the picture and let's say it's a picture of a, a smiling panda and you cut away the smile, well then there's no more smile on the panda. But if you have a hologram of a smiling panda and then you take away a little piece of the hologram, you can never take away just the smile of the panda because every little part of the hologram contains information about the whole panda. So what will actually happen is that you make it, if you take away a little piece, it, you will make it a little bit less precise, less focused, as it were. The idea is that in every piece you have information about the whole in a hologram. So this is the holographic type of order where you have wholeness in every piece and every piece is in wholeness. Why is this interesting? Why is this relevant? How is this relevant? I mean, maybe if you are inclined to entertain philosophical, ontological discussions, this might be interesting, but why is it relevant for us? Well, it's relevant for us because this is who we are. This is our essence. And it is through the holographic type of order that everything works in our universe. The holographic order is the basic order that gives the dynamics of the world of representation, the world where we see things, the material world, the world where we perceive and of the things that we have around us. So that is a dynamical description of it. What do we mean by an order? You can describe things, for instance, in different ways. You could use the Cartesian coordinate system. You know the regular x and y axes that you might have used in math. And you can have a graph and you can draw things on the graph and you can describe things in terms of the x and the y axis. And then there are things especially things that 
turn around in circles that would be kind of difficult to describe in that system. And so you can say, well, let's use a different coordinate system. Let's use curvy linear coordinates. And when you use those, then certain types of movements all of a sudden become so much easier to describe. And they are extremely complicated in the Cartesian coordinate system. Just like before, when people thought that everything is moving around Earth, it was extremely difficult to describe the movements of uh, how the sun moves around the Earth, how all of the stars are moving around the Earth, and all of those movements were so complicated. But then when you started to realize, no, let's take a different perspective, let's order things in a different way, let's put the sun in the center and the earth and the other planets orbiting it. Now it becomes so much easier to describe everything and calculate everything. So these are different orders, you could say, different ways of ordering how you describe things and how you describe dynamics. Well, when it comes to the description of real, actual movement in our universe, in the material universe, by real I mean movement that describes an increase in entropy. This means where you're going from one type of context to another type of context, there is this expansiveness. It is not a unitary description, because in physics we actually still tend to use the unitary types of descriptions for our basic ways of describing motion. Unitary means that there is no increase in entropy. And we say, well, this is our basic, most fundamental equation of motion, which can be Newton's equation of motion, it can be Schrodinger's equation of motion. And then you can add terms and find other ways of describing entropy increase. But these fundamental equations of motion, they don't actually describe the actual movement. So how do you describe the actual and real movement? Because the unitary descriptions, they could go forwards or backwards in time. It doesn't really matter when you do the calculations, because you're not really changing anything. So the real change can be described by using the holographic order. If you base your description on that order, then you will automatically start describing actual movement. That movement between contexts, between different meanings, it originates in the undefinable. That's what makes it possible. It is the infinite. That's what makes it possible. It is because of the lack of definability. It comes from existence. It comes 
from the uniqueness of existence. And that is the non-dual, the infinite, you could say. Some people call it God. Some people call it consciousness, wholeness, thinglessness. So this was just a, a short description trying to describe why all of this is relevant and how all of this is relevant and how it all is tied together. And it's also what we experience. Just as we were talking about our sense of existence has never changed. Our sense of existence has been the same. What we experience changes, but not that we exist. That, that reality, that which we find as the most real comes from the infinite, the indescribable. And that then, as it can only be unique, creates the holographic order, which creates the dynamics of our world. And this is also why metaphors work so well in our universe, because it is self-similar, and it is based on process. So this infinite also, this infinite, it is not a thing, of course, it is beyond thing. It is much more akin to a type of movement or dynamics. Of course, this is not a movement in time because time comes out as a consequence within our time-space reality, within the material world. So it is not a movement in that time. And the holographic order is also a self-similar order, and it's a little bit like a fractal type of order, like the coast of, uh, say, Norway. When you look at the map from a very far away, and then you look at a close-up of the map, it kind of looks the same. It has a sort of fractal type of order, and you tend to see the same thing repeat itself, but on different scales and a little bit in different ways. Things that you see in um, the material world, then you see also in a slightly less material way in our thoughts repeat itself. And so metaphors are very enlightening in that sense because they talk about the different levels, but it's all the same thing repeating itself. So that is something that is expected from a holographic type of order. If you're interested in this, and if you want to read more about this, I wrote about it um, a couple of years ago. I will put a link to it. I have a thesis called Physics from Wholeness. And if you look in the chapter on philosophy, you will find these discussions and others. So if you're interested in having a look at this, I'll link to it in the notes.
And um, I don't know. I hope it brought maybe some insight into understanding how and why we say that existence of the material world is actually lent being from the infinite. And the infinite is that which is real and process is a more fundamental way of describing this. And the uniqueness of the infinite creates the dynamics of our world and the self-similar order of it. Thank you for listening and I'll talk to you in another podcast. Take care.